Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. It is good. It is so good to be back with you um, today. I'm excited about this podcast. Uh, obviously, it's about recovery. And what we do here at Recovery Guy Podcast is share our experience, strength, and hope with you, the audience, the listener, the person of recovery. The whole notion is to take what I have learned from others along the way, what I have experienced in my personal life along the way, and the hope that I'm given as a result of it and share it with you that you can take that experience, you can take that strength, you can look at that hope and see how it fits for you. Because at the end of the day, we are in this together. And I don't care if you come from OA which is Overeaters Anonymous, NA, obviously Narcotics Anonymous, NA, GA, SA, you name it, we are in this together. Uh, as so many of you know, I came through the back door of Gamblers Anonymous in my arena of denial. Uh, unfortunately, it was necessary for me to hit another bottom, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Before I get into that, um, a little calendar update for you. This coming Saturday, February 19th, I'll be speaking in Salt Lake City at the Salt Lake Alano Club in Murray, Utah. Uh, if you know anyone who lives in the Salt Lake area, let them know. I will be speaking there at 7 p.m. on Saturday, March 4th, and this will be in the notes. I will be on the podcast with my friend Justin we will be discussing step one, and that'll be at the, the RICO12, R-E-C-O, the number 12.com podcast. You'll want to check that out anyway, but I'll be doing that on March 4th. March 26th, I'll be back in uh, Davis County, which is north of Salt Lake City at the Salt Lake, uh, at the South Davis uh, County Alano Club. I'll be speaking there again on a Saturday night. And then on April 21st, I will be on the podcast called The Other Side of Addiction, and you can find that on YouTube, my friend Al, my new friend Al Richards, uh, The Other Side of Addiction podcast. Again, you can find that on YouTube. Check it out. Listen to that healing going on. And then I'm uh, making final arrangements for April 24th to be in Southern California at the Triangle Club in Pomona. That, of course, is on a Sunday night. So, Whatever I can do, if you know anyone who's looking for a speaker, whether it's a podcast or to speak in person, reach out to me. Let me know what that looks like, and we'll see if we can put that together. You know, I try to keep a, a real social media presence because it allows me to connect to so many people. Obviously, with COVID and, and some of the disruption that went on there, it really changed the face of how we communicate and who we can get in front of. And for almost a year, I couldn't get into treatment centers, couldn't get into prisons. Most meeting clubs were, were closed down and so on. Some, unfortunately, have never reopened. 
But in the meantime, between obviously Facebook and my Twitter and my Instagram and and now my TikTok and, of course, my website, recoveryguy.org, try to get that message out. So I hear a lot of different things from different people. Most of it is good. Every now and then I hear something that concerns me and I want to address it. Uh, one of the things that I had heard from a social media um, person, and I'm not sure if they're in recovery. I know they work in recovery and I don't know if they're in personal recovery or not. And they're promoting their um, their aspect and their ability to help. And I'm sure they help many people. Uh, I'm not suggesting that they don't. One of the things that they said, though, it concerned me greatly, and I want to address it today, and that's why today's podcast is called Bottoms Up. They made the statement that it is a myth, and they use that word, that you don't hit to, you don't have to hit a bottom to recover. You don't have to hit a bottom to recover. In my understanding, in my 36-year journey of personal recovery and all of the individuals that I have met before and after along the way, individuals I met who got here before me, individuals I had met who got here after me, when it comes to recovery, the only way to go up is to have first gone down. The only way to go up is to first have gone down. That is our comparative measure. Addiction, understand this, and this is something I learned early on, and maybe this will resonate to you. Maybe you've never thought about it before, but listen to this. Addiction is one of the only diseases known to man that will tell you you don't have it. Do you ever think of that? One of the things that we do in addiction, we we deny, we rationalize, we dismiss, we minimize. But addiction, it is addiction of denial. Until that day came that you admitted you were powerless over alcohol or drugs or whatever your behavior or, or substance was, and your life had become unmanageable, we denied our condition. And denial kills more people. Alcohol or drugs or what have you is the culprit, but denial is the mechanism by which that addiction operates under the protection of. And again, we call that denial. While we are negotiating the truth from our position of denial, we hit what we call a bottom. And I want you to understand that bottoms are, are two things. First of all, a bottom is necessary for every person of recovery. And I, and I know that's an absolute and you may disagree with me and that's perfectly fine. I'm okay with you disagreeing, but hear me out. Again, a bottom is necessary for every person of recovery. Secondly, and here's where it sort of fits, and maybe you can find yourself there. Bottoms are subjective. They're not 
objective. What does that mean? That means that you assign your own bottom to you. We decide, I decided when enough was enough. I decided it was up to me to say, I can't do this anymore. Now, sometimes we think it's the judge. Sometimes the judge will will suggest a bottom to us or the significant other or the employer or the family member or the friend. They'll say, if you show up one more time, this will happen to you. I'll change the locks. I'll throw you in jail. You'll lose your child. I'll fire you. We'll no longer have a relationship ad infinitum. At that point, I can decide whether or not what they're saying to me is my bottom, right? What they're saying, I don't want to lose that child. I don't want to lose my freedom. I don't want to lose that job. That is my bottom. For most of us, we blow right through there. We really do. Um, For me, you know, I'd lost two wives. I walked out of my children. I can't even tell you how many jobs I had. I was a high school dropout directly as a result of my addiction. I never got out of basic training when I went into the Air Force back in uh, 1972. Family members wouldn't talk to me anymore. I essentially was unemployable. Right. I was uh, I had defeat on so many areas and yet I did not say that I was at my bottom. I was willing to experience more pain. Even after my DUI, I didn't stop drinking and driving. We continue to experience because, again, we're dealing with the disease that will tell you we don't have it. And my denial makes that even real. So until I hit that bottom, until I say enough is enough, I will continue to go down. I had a friend of mine named Kirk, and Kirk was actually one of my employers. And I was, uh, I don't know, six, seven years sober at the time, maybe maybe eight or nine. Anyway, Kirk was going through a, a meth uh, addiction, drinking a lot, but meth was really starting to take him and his business and his family life down. And I remember his wife, Linda, and his little baby. And and I did an intervention with Kirk one day. And I and I told Kirk, he was ready to, to hit another lower level. And I told Kirk, I tried to help him understand having lost the things he was about to lose. I said, let me tell you what this is going to look like. You're going to lose your wife. You're going to lose your home. You're going to lose your business. You're going to lose your daughter. Try to describe to him the bottom he was at and the bottom he could expect if he continued to live the life that he was living the way that he was living it. Sadly, Kirk went into treatment, but after seven days, he had had enough and he left treatment. And what happened? Linda left him with their baby after he ran over her backing out of the driveway. Very tragic story. She lived, but she was injured quite badly. Kirk lost his business. He lost his home. He lost his wife. He lost his child. I don't know to this day if he's sober or not. I pray that he is. Because like so many of us, he was a dynamic, wonderful person. 
But you know what? As I would say regarding my father, when you, and even especially my life, when you add alcohol or drugs, all bets are off. The, the, the person who seemed to have so much energy and so much potential, you can just set it aside because nothing else matters at the time. You know, I could, I could describe to you and I, and I will do that a little bit more. Excuse the paper shuffling here. Um, and, and I'll talk to you a little bit more about that, but even from a scientific standpoint, from a scientific standpoint, before something will travel back up, it must hit a bottom. A bottom is described as the lowest or deepest part of anything. In other words, when are you going to be sick and tired of being sick and tired? It is the deepest part of anything as distinguished from the top. We have the top. If there was no top, there would be no bottom and vice versa. In order for there to be a top, there must be a bottom. Otherwise, how would you measure it? If, if there was no dark, how would you know when it was light? Right? If there was no evil, how would you know when it's good? You need a compare and you need a contrast to see the difference between one extreme and the other. It is the under or lower side. It is the underside. It is the base or a foundation. It is something at the bottom. Do you know what a, um, uh, a sonographer does? And this will help illustrate it scientifically as well, not just grammatically. A sonographer is essentially an ultrasound expert. They use an ultrasound scanner and they have what is called a transducer. And it sends out a beam of sound into the body and then they take measurements. I've, I've had them on gallbladder and other organs with surgeries that I've had, an upper GI and so on before a surgery, a gastrointestinal um, um, uh, sonography, um, sonogram, as it were. And the sound waves are reflected back to the transducer by the boundaries between tissues in the path of the beam. So as the beam hits an object, it bounces back. If it doesn't hit anything, then it's not going to record anything at all, right? Do you know what they use to measure the ocean? It's, it's very relevant in submarines. It's called sonar. You'll love this because, again, I want science to illustrate my, my example so we know this is more than my opinion. This is scientific foundational truth that we can apply to our spiritual, our emotional, and our mental condition, even our physical condition. When I was, um, when I was morbidly obese, almost 400 pounds, right? I was at the bottom of my physical health. I had enlarged heart. Uh, I had uh, complex sleep apnea. Uh, my knees would eventually be, had to be replaced because there was too much pressure, too much wear and tear on them. But a sonar detects objects by emitting ultrasonic waves into the sea and detecting the reflected echoes, right? So if it doesn't hit a bottom, the, the reflection, it won't bounce back up. So you'll never know how deep something is without there being a bottom to reflect back to the top, to the surface. 
I love what it says in the big book. It says, no matter how far down in the scale we have gone, we will see how our usefulness can benefit others. How far down the bottom that we hit. Did you, did you ever play with the yo-yo? I played with the yo-yo. Sometimes I was younger. I, I was actually fairly good with it. When does a yo-yo, unless you manipulate or pull the string, when does a yo-yo come back up? It only comes back up when it gets to the, when the yo-yo gets to the length of the string, when it hits the bottom, when it hits the bottom, it boom, it bounces and it comes back up. It rolls back up into your palm or, or your finger where you've, where, where you've got the, the, the string attached to. Do you understand what I'm saying? Bottoms are necessary. Sometimes bottoms are very tragic because we blow through them, but bottoms are necessary. Despair is necessary. Sometimes some of us need more of it than others. One of the things that Bill Wilson, co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous says, one of the things that they had to do, and you can find this in the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, talks about how they had to raise the bottom they had to raise the bottom for other people coming into Alcoholics Anonymous so everyone didn't think they had to hit the bottom of another story, of another person. That right where they were at, even before they lost a job, before they lost a wife, before they lost a dignity, before they lost a self-esteem, before they lost all their money, before they lost their car, their house, their child, what have you, before they lost those things, they could see that they didn't have to lose anything anymore. But, but here's a caveat to it. Here's the exclusion. Obviously, but means disregard previous information, new information coming, right? So, the butt is there because you have to realize it is your bottom. You have to own it. I had to own my condition. I had to wake up in the morning and look at myself in the mirror and realize I was going to die. And I realized I did not want to die. And I became willing to do anything I possibly could in order not to die. That morning, February 9th, 1986, I went into treatment at the Nevada Treatment Center and I started my journey to addiction. I would relapse after 71 days because I didn't think that bottom was enough. I thought one more time, this will be different. One more time, I could go back and hang out with old friends and old playgrounds to old playmates as well and, and live my life according to my rules. I quickly realized that wasn't true. Five days later, I was able to come back after hitting another bottom of despair, of disillusionment, of disenchantment, of disappointment. And I came back to the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous on April 25th of 1986. I got on my knees and I said the third step prayer with my, with my sponsor, Max, and I've never turned back. That was my bottom. I knew that at that point, there was not going to be any other life for me then recovery. You know what it talks about in step one of the 12 and 12. It says here, we know that little good can come to any alcoholic who joins AA unless he has first accepted his devastating weakness and all its consequences. Until he so humbles himself, his sobriety, if any, will be precarious, a real happiness he will find none at all. That is the bottom. Until we realize 
that we are at the bottom, that we don't want to suffer, that we can't suffer, that we're not willing to suffer anymore, then and only then are we ready to take certain steps. And here's why this is so important. As simple as recovery is, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Let me repeat that. And maybe that's true for you. Maybe this really resonates to you. And no matter where you're at in your personal recovery, this is still true. Because coming to terms with me on a daily basis is part of my ongoing recovery. I am a recovered person. I'm recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To keep that recovered condition, I stay in recovery. And I had this conversation with a person just the other day. To keep what I have, I continue to do what I did to attain it. Doesn't that make sense? So, so as I am looking at the program of recovery, the program, it says, demands rigorous honesty and not just honesty in the beginning where I say I've hit my bottom, but honesty as I continue to go through the steps of recovery. And this is true whether you're a 12-step person, whether you're with the Buddhist network, whether you're with the naturalist whether you're with the monotheistic religions, the five monotheistic religions of the world, it really doesn't matter. Every one of these processes, we must hit bottom. We have to say, I can't do this anymore. There was a person just the other day said, I did this alone. You know, no, you didn't. Nobody does anything alone. You know what I do alone? I get sick alone. I get drunk alone. I throw up alone. I overeat alone. I do drugs that I shouldn't even be in the same room with, let alone put up my nose or in my arm or ingest orally, right? That's what I do alone. Left to my own devices, I am a train wreck. And anyone who would suggest to you that they've achieved now, they might think they stopped drinking alone, but we don't resurrect our life. We don't go from helpless and hopeless to a recovered position by ourselves. We're, we, even if we're just learning from someone else, even if we pick up a book and we read that book and we apply those principles and the things in our life, we got those ideas from someone. We did not do this alone. And if you believe you did it alone, well, we need to chat because we need to talk about your ego, right? Because that will eventually get in our way. It does time after time after time. A haughty spirit goes before a fall and pride goes before destruction. Word of God. So, so here's the deal. Admitting I was powerless over alcohol or drugs or whatever that behavior is and admitting complete defeat and admitting I was at the bottom is just the beginning. Now, I have to go through my steps of recovery. And again, whatever they are, whatever you're using to get well, by all means, get well. You know what? I'm a 12-step guy. I'm a Christian. But that doesn't mean that I think that's the only path for you. I don't know what the path is for you other than honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness, other than cleaning house, trusting God, and working with others. However you accomplish those things is how you accomplish those things. How you get happy, joyous, and free is how you get happy, joyous, and free. I am with you 100%, 100% of the time. My path, though, 
has been Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous, and initially even Gamblers Anonymous. And everything is going to be consistent. We need to believe that we can be restored to sanity. We then need to believe that there's a power greater than us, any power that makes sense to you. We then need to go on a journey of, of, of soul searching, of admitting where we were wrong, right? And then we admit it. We, we need to discuss our defects of characters, our shortcomings. We need to go make amends to other people and say, I'm sorry for what I, how I've harmed you. Whether they harmed us or not is not the important thing. We need to do that. And then I need to live a daily maintenance of taking that regular inventory, working with God of my own understanding, and then go carrying this message. Without that bottom, knowing that I can't, I refuse to go any lower, why would we do those things? The answer is we wouldn't. I was situationally honest, which is not honesty at all right? It's convenience. I only had a relationship with you to the degree that I could get from you what I came for. Everything was conditional, right? My friend Bill, back in, um, I think it was 1987, told me in Fullerton, California, he was the manager of the Fullerton and Lano Club on Harbor Boulevard back in the 80s before it went over to Commerce Street in Fullerton. And, and Bill told me, he said, you know what? You don't have relationships. You take hostages, right? I, I had different bottoms in different areas of my life. And I had to even get sick and tired of being sick and tired there of taking hostages, of not being honest with myself and with others, right? We have a, a number of bottoms. We have to address the most important bottom. Maybe it's your addiction. Maybe it's your compulsion. Maybe it's your drinking disorder, your drinking addiction. Maybe it's your drugs. Maybe it's your compulsive overeating. Maybe it's your gambling. When is enough going to be enough? When do I finally say I am at my bottom? I know there's another bottom waiting for me. And we call those, my friend Richard H. called those yets. Y-E-T, a yet. That is yet to occur in my life. And I pray to God, and I trust my higher power for all these things, I have a, a storage room full of yets. There is always, as it's said in rooms, there is always another drunk or another high waiting for me, but another bottom, but I don't know if there's another recovery. Why would I run that risk, right? Those are the risks that I ran when I was out there ripping and running. Do we need a bottom? We do need a bottom. If I don't hit my bottom, if I don't say enough is enough, and that's what a bottom is, I refuse to go any lower. I am at my lowest. I'll never do the work necessary to achieve. And again, bottoms are subjective. Your bottom is your bottom. Own it. Just like your higher power is your higher power. I don't care who your higher power is. I just care about what your higher power does. I don't care what your bottom was. I just care that your bottom was enough for you to say, I am willing to take certain steps. I am willing to go on a path of recovery. That's all I care about your bottom. And I hope that's all you care about my bottom. Man, when I was in the rooms of AA early on, even some to today, I hear some stories and I think, holy cow, 
I'm so glad I did not have to experience that. That would have been tragic. That would have been devastating. And then I share my story with a person who's never got divorced, never walked out of their kids, never had family members hang up to them. They say, man, I don't know how you did it. I'm so glad I came here before I lost those things. But you, why? It's relative. It's subjective to the person experiencing it. Do we need a bottom? Yeah, we do. Are bottoms subjective to the person experiencing it? Yes, they are. I would tell people, when I was one of my first jobs, when I got out of school with my degree in alcohol and drug studies, I was an intake manager at the Howe House run by St. John of God Healthcare Services in Victorville, California. And I remember talking to people as I would do their intake, and we only had so many beds, and we obviously had so many applicants. And I would try to assess and and try to understand who who wanted it bad enough. And I would and I would talk to these individuals, and everybody had a story, right? Everybody has a reason why they're there. It's not because life is going good. It's because life's in the crapper. And I would say to them, it doesn't matter to me why you're here. It matters to me why you stay. I know your bottom got you here. Could be the judge, could be the spouse, could be the employer, could be the landlord. I don't know. But what I do know is you're at your bottom. And if you are willing to take certain steps, if you are willing to say enough is enough, if you are willing to say, I can't live this way anymore, then individuals like me who have walked this path, we want to reach out to you so you can experience strength and hope and encouragement and get well in spite of what we did, where we went, and who we became. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're interested in advertising on this podcast, reach out and let me know. I have a great announcement uh, next week that I'll share with you regarding our semi-annual fundraiser, some of the items I'm getting in that I'll be happy to send to you. Whatever you do, wherever you go, get well. The way we suffer is needless suffering. And I hope that you find the things that so many of us have found along the way to be happy, joyous, and free. We are sure that God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. We have the hope. We have a vision. We are experiencing promises that we never thought would come true for us that we saw coming true for each other. Remember, we get broken apart and we get whole together. As always, my name is Robert and I am the Recovery Guy.